I have no plans to uh, do the audio editing. So if Javier is not going to do it, then uh, it's not going to get done. Welcome back to Team Cockroach, a podcast about The Good Place, which ended its season two run tonight with the 13th episode called Someplace Else. Joining me to talk about it are Rachel Adelman. Hello, Rachel. Hi, everyone. And Sarah Gardner. Hello, Sarah. Hi. Javier Matusevich, our usual co-conspirator, won't be joining us tonight, and we're all very sad about that. I'm not sure we've ever mentioned that he's actually our sound editor, uh, in addition to being our on-air co-host, so... You don't have to listen to our awkward pauses or flubs because of Javier. So, raising a toast to absent friends. Thank you, Javier. And no worries, he will be back in future episodes. So, I will be doing the recap for tonight. So, uh, take it away, me. (laughs) All right. Now, we ended our previous episode on a cliffhanger. Team Cockroach had just been judged by Judge Jen for hydrogen. Not once, but twice. And they were almost on their way back through the portal to the bad place. When, because those portals were opened, Michael and Good Janet could arrive from the other portal door from the bad place. And that was the end of the last episode, so now we get to this episode. And not surprisingly, the first major part of this episode takes place all in the judges' chambers. Michael and Jan kind of have a, have a talk about things, and then they go off to talk by themselves, leaving our, our crew alone. So what Michael says to Jen is that the current setup is unjust, that people get a score when they die, and that's it. And then they're judged by that for eternity. But because of his little experiment that he put together, he knows that humans get better after they die. It's unfair that they get judged right when they die. <laughs> he, turns, he turns to Jason. Michael turns to Jason at one point and he said, what did you used to do for fun, right? He used to whip empty spray paint <laughs> yes. cans at flamingos. So yes, lots of fun. <laughs> and now he's he's better, I guess. Now he hasn't done that in the, in the good place. But he was already good because <laughs> he hit one on a button when he was six. <laughs> so Jen is impressed by his, I guess by his logic, but also just by his determination, his intensity. And so she's willing to, to consider it. And that's the, the credits. The group gets to kind of talk amongst themselves. This for me, this is kind of a common pattern that oftentimes the action will kind of stop and then the group gets to kind of talk and, and discuss things and have little little character moments. First of all, it's Tahani and Eleanor talking, and then Jason and Chidi are at sort of the other end of the chamber. So Tahani and Elmar, Eleanor, talk about Tahani confronting her parents. And, and they say kind of all the things that we were talking about sort of last week, that Tahani kind of fell into temptation, but then she came back out and she made a decision not to get influenced by them anymore. And I think at one point she says, uh, they get to the point where they say, she's saying, Maggie Smith is my godmother. And so she's still name dropping in the middle of it. <laughs> but she says, you know, nope, I came to a good place, I guess, so to speak. She doesn't say that word, those words when she's done with it. And Eleanor is very proud of her. And they kind of hug at the end there. So that's kind of a nice moment. And then Jason and Chidi, well, Jason gives a, a bit of a recap of like the whole of season one and two in like three sentences, which I thought was interesting. Maybe they thought that they kind of needed that for, for people coming in just to see the finale. I don't know. But then he says, I think what he says is, think about everything that's happened to us. This has been one of the craziest years of my life. And I'm not sure what I would do if, if something insane happened next. And then Janet shows up and confesses her love for Jason. And so that was neat. That was a neat character moment. I think the real point of that is that this prompts Chidi to say all of those things that Janet is saying about how she's grown and she's not going to let herself be stopped anymore seem to apply to him as well. And so he goes over and kisses Eleanor. Eleanor and Tahani have come so far from when they were first basically rivals Mm -hmm. in the first season, not even trusting each other, not even sure they were friends. I... 
I liked that in the first season when they decided they just weren't going to fight anymore and that they were better than that and that they weren't going to fall into that whole trap that normally happens on sitcoms with women. And it's nice that it's played all the way out to the end of this season and they're proud of each other, or at least Eleanor's proud of Tahani. I really enjoyed watching Chidi during Janet's discussion with Jason about how I might never see you again and... She was waiting and trying to decide whether to tell him. Then she just decides to tell him. And Chidi comments about the fork (laughs) going around in the garbage disposal again. And you just see light bulb click on in his head and he goes over to Eleanor. I thought that was really a good moment. Doesn't Janet say something like she's not Janet anymore? She's something else? Yeah, she says she's not a girl, but she's also not just a Janet. I don't know what that means, except maybe she's upgraded. (laughs) I don't think she knows what that means either. I I mean, she's grown in the same way, in a similar way to how the the human characters have grown. I think that's a a neat moment, a a neat point, but then they kind of let that go for the rest of the episode. That's kind of most of what we hear about it from her. We, We don't really hear her growing or what she's going to do next. So I think they kind of mention it and then... It's going to be something, hopefully it's going to be something they'll come back to in the next season. What happens to a no longer Janet creature? Where does she go when her job is done? Does she just keep being a Janet? Okay, so Eleanor, yeah, so they they kiss, and then Jen comes back with a couple of announcements, and she has a little little keep it about, you know, anybody want to eat some some chips and guac? And she says it's homemade, and (laughs) where is her home exactly? That was one thing I wondered. I think she lives there in the chambers, but I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, right. Was there a kitchen? Did we see a kitchen? There's a bunch of doors off the chambers. Maybe one of them's a kitchen. That's true. (laughs) So Michael says, hey, we've got a plan. We're going to save all you guys. Well, Jen says that, and then Michael kind of talks about it in a little more detail. But the upshot of the plan is Michael is going to keep trying to get them into the good place, even though he has already kind of failed at getting them into the good place before. But anyway, that's what he's going to try to do. And they say no. And especially Eleanor comes back and says, no, that's, that's a sucky idea. We're not going to just wait for you to do that in our own individual middle places where we're by ourselves because they have to be by themselves in a, in a middle place because the middle place is particularly suited to just one person. And so then they have to come up with a new plan. And Michael does, although we don't hear what the plan is at that point, and neither does Team Cockroach. They don't find out either. Instead, Michael and Jen kind of go back and forth a little bit and say, oh, yeah, we can we can send them back. I think that's the, the phrase. Michael says, well, it's only four people when Jen kind of says, no, don't know this is a bad idea. I think he says all they need is a little push. Is the... All they need is a little push. Yes, yes. Well, they need at least one more push than what they had, but yes. But it's not a push. Well, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. So what I thought was interesting is that they kind of mirrored a bit what happened at the end of the very last episode of season one, where Eleanor is starting to speak something and someone clicks their fingers and changes things in a way that she doesn't know what's going on. Maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but that's kind of the mirror, I think, of the first episode. We switch to the second major part of the episode, which is Eleanor going back to her life. Jen is kind of funny. She she says at one point, I don't know I don't know why I'm feeling I'm just feeling kind of funky as to why she's gonna gonna help them out. So she's still kind of a humorous character for all this. And then Michael is is still being very passionate about helping them. Um, he really is their advocate for this for this time through. Eleanor wakes up, she opens her eyes, and we're gonna see that over and over again in this sort of second part of the first episode. We're gonna keep sort of restarting the cycle in the sense of when she wakes up, she's gonna look right in her eyes and see how she's different each time. In this case, she's not in her bed, she's not asleep, but she is in the parking lot where we know that she died. She is talking with the environmental guy who was who she was kibitzing with or arguing with or yelling at when she died. 
But now we get to the point where she's going to get hit by the shopping carts and she doesn't do anything to save herself. It's still the same thing. She would die if she had, no one else had intervened. And now someone intervenes and we don't see who that is. I don't think it's Chidi or Jason or Michael, but I think it is a guy. We never see a face. We never see a head, I don't think. If it, if it's any of them, it was Michael, but I don't know 100%. Right. It definitely wasn't yeah. Chidi or Jason. The person seemed to move in a way that suggested a younger person, I think, than Ted Anson. We'll see if that's important at all. But Eleanor realizes, holy crap, I just almost died. So she has this epiphany, and she's going to try to do better. So the next, the rest of the episode is her living her old life in this state of... Of, of things being different now. And we've got the first half of it is when she says, well, I'm going to try to be good. And she has to deal with all of the things that happen when you try to be good. So talks with the environmental guy and says, can you help me? Which I thought was a nice little callback to her finding Chidi and saying, Chidi, can you help me? So can this guy help her? And yes, he can. He can get her involved in this uh, environmental organization. Do you know what the, has some sort of name, like save, I mean, was it like Save the Environment? Clean Energy Crusaders. Clean Energy Crusaders, was okay. That's what's on their shirts. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So... She winds up working for them. Right. And she says, and she's she writes a, a basically a Facebook post which says, I was a monster, but I'm, I'm going to try to be better. She cleans up her room. Uh, she lets her friend borrow her credit card. And there's a lot of little neat little details that we can get to about, about all of that. So she goes to her old boss, who's really sleazy and continues to be squeezing in a bunch of different ways. He's getting investigated. <laughs> he got maced by a woman who he was harassing. He tries to harass Eleanor, but Eleanor herself isn't necessarily really good yet because she almost tells off this coworker of hers who's inv- inviting her to a baby shower. And so I, I think I might be saying things in a bit of a different order here, but, but yeah, so she's, she's trying to do better in a bunch of different ways. And Michael and mm-hmm. Janet are watching this in sort of a little monitoring room. I don't know if you guys noticed too many of the details there. It looked like they were looking at sort of ticker tapes of some sort. Mm-hmm. And yeah. definitely saw like Tahani as one label on there. And, you know, there were all four. Yeah, one for Eleanor, one for Chidi right. I saw too. Right. So, and when Eleanor goes into the, the organization meeting room for the first time, Michael and Janet high five. Because they say, well, she's, she's, doing, she's doing pretty well for herself. But then... We come to the big scene where Eleanor is with her friends. Now, one of her friends is named Brittany. I got that from, from context. Do you know what the other friend's name was? I did not hear what the other friend's name was. Yeah, no, I didn't catch it either. They called a dress right. a bitch. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. don't know her so real names. For some reason, Stephanie's no. coming to my mind, but that could be wrong. So this, I, I think this happened right in the first season where they showed that scene where Eleanor ripped her dress and then like mocked her for it and made sort of money from it by selling t-shirts mm-hmm. that mocked her. Yeah, because mm-hmm. her friend like sued oh, the dry right. cleaners mm-hmm. or something for a ton of money and everybody on the internet heard about it and started calling uh-huh. her the dress bitch and then right. they made t-shirts because they put, blamed the dress ripping on the dry cleaners. Right. So this is kind of the moment where things start to go wrong for Eleanor because she says, well, I'm going to finally confess to the dress bitch, whatever her actual name is. That, that we did this, and of course Brittany wants her, doesn't want her to do it, but, but she goes ahead and does it. And then this, the woman kicks them out of their apartment, which I actually thought was, was interesting because that's not the moment where Eleanor breaks. Eleanor it continues to be good even after she has to move to a new apartment. But then what else happens to her? She has to... She hits that car and gets sued for hitting a, for bumping a parked car in a parking <laughs> right. lot. 
right. <laughs> and leaving her number. I think she says something about uh, getting diarrhea from eating vegetables for the first time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so Brittany kind of finally convinces her, oh, this being good is for the birds. Don't do it. And so then Eleanor uh, gives up and doesn't go to the environmental group anymore. She's out of it for like a month before the guy comes and says, well, what are you doing? You should really, we need to rely on you for this. And Eleanor says, I tried to be good for six months, but being good is for suckers. It's, I'm not getting anything out of it. And the environmental guy says to her, what you get out of it is a feeling of fulfillment in your soul. And that does not convince her that she should, should do that. And this is where, actually, where I've thought since then that the environmental guy really kind of tries to help her, but he's no cheaty. He can't really uh, help nope. her to improve to the full extent that she needs to. They had mentioned at one point uh, before all this that they were seeking moral desert. So basically being good, not for the sake of being good, but being good so that something good will happen to them. Eleanor is starting to learn that it's a thankless job being good. This is where she figures out she doesn't really like it. One thing that's interesting as we watch, it's nice to be back in the Earth Eleanor timeline, but I still can't figure out whether it's supposed to be modern day or a few years ago. Like, I can't quite place the timeline exactly. I mean, they had Facebook and they knew about Taylor Swift, so it's been within the last 10 years or so, but it feels older than 2018. uh, Ryan Lochte Lochte. on Instagram until he stops. So maybe early 20, like early teens, maybe. But yeah. it feels it feels a couple years old, but I can't yeah. quite place where they are in yeah, time. Yeah, they're trying to make it a little timeless. Mm-hmm. Maybe two years ago? Yep. I, the one thing I do think, um, Tahani mentioned the, what's his name doing Batman? Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. Ben, I, ben Affleck. Really and that was only like two years mm-hmm. ago. So it's, it's pretty recent. It, I, I agree with you. It feels kind of timeless. It feels kind of that it's not extremely up to date. But in terms of if they were all living at the same time in that same timeline... Then it's within it's within within like a year or two, I think, of of our if if they're in our timeline, right? But not that it matters that much. Although again, she didn't check her phone. Well, she doesn't know that she's been missing her phone for however long they were in the bad place. So she didn't necessarily know. Although right. each time she wakes up, her phone is her like alarm clock. So there was that. So they they do make sure that she's interacting with her phone in our vision. Eleanor has gone off the the track of being good. She has she has fallen off the wagon. One way to put it. So she has quit her job at the do-gooder company, and she's now going back to her old boss, who has... Did you, did you catch the <laughs> name of the, the banner of the new company? Health E University, I think is what it was, but it was like health... Like eBay, right? Yeah. University. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of. And he's in witness protection now, so he can't, <laughs> they can't get him. Right. Um, and Eleanor is like, uh, I'm not sure it looks like that. So she's still not dumb, right? Um, <laughs> but... What I've written down is uh, that the guy said, we sell classes at a for-profit university, classes to train people on how to sell supplements. So Eleanor says, well, it's a Ponzi scheme within a Ponzi scheme. Yes. So he's getting actually worse rather than better. Mm-hmm. He's not improving. We can say that. <laughs> but she's like, yeah, whatever. And he knows yeah. it's super He's sketchy. always known. Yeah, he's <laughs> always known. And that's why they got along so well. Like she was not stupid yeah. about or, or, or naive about any of it, but she was just like, oh, anyway, I don't care about Marlene. So she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take the job. I'll, I'll do this. That's fine. And Michael and Janet are despairing in their little monitoring cubicle. And Michael says, you realize what the problem is, right? And Janet says, yes, but there's no way to help. What do you think he means when he says what the problem is? I think he means the problem is that they're not uh-huh. together. The reason right. they got better was because they helped each other 
but because there's no impetus for any of our four friends to meet in the real world, they're not going to get better. Right. Yes. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds spot on. So let's see. That's when Michael says, Mike Bugger decides to put together this little plan to, to influence Eleanor a little bit. And so Eleanor and Brittany are out on the town. And Brittany says, I'm going to bail on your birthday because my boyfriend's wife is out of town so I can go sleep with him. So that sounds about right, I guess. Mm -hmm. But so Eleanor is alone in a bar and who turns around to be her bartender but Michael. And did, did you guys watch um, Cheers back in the day or watch, watch Cheers at all since? Yeah. Yes. That was yeah, really nice to see. Uh, when he I've threw the towel <laughs> over his shoulder. I've seen an episode or two here or there, but it was before my time. Well, one thing that struck me was that he was a bartender. And yes, that was a great callback. But he was not, you know, he was not Sam Malone. He was not from Cheers. He's not playing the guy from Cheers. He was still Michael. Very recognizably Michael with, with Eleanor. And I really love their their dialogue and the way he acted with her. He was obviously just so pleased to see her and pleased to help her. It was really great. She, you know, she gets her some drinks and she's really drunk and they get to talking and Eleanor is finally saying about her life, you know, I tried to be good, but no one cares if you're a do-gooder. And so Michael starts talking about that moral dessert thing, you know, about you, you can't necessarily uh, get rewarded for it. And Eleanor, Eleanor wants to be rewarded for it. She wants like a tiara or a sash for being good. A diagonal award thingy, I think is what she called it. <laughs> yes. That was great. <laughs> and then we get to the point, which is really, again, the really kind of moving part of it, I think, when Michael says, you know, I had a friend who said, when you're doing something bad, she heard a voice in her head, and that voice went away when she did good. And of course, he's quoting Eleanor from before. Eleanor, when she was picking Michael up before giving him some advice about how to be good, and Eleanor doesn't believe it. He says, that voice is your conscience and is trying to lead you in the right direction. And then he, the end of it is when he says... Eleanor, the real question is, what do we owe to each other, right? I think that's the exact quote. And that's important because when Eleanor wakes up the next morning with a headache, she thinks to Google that phrase, what do we owe each other? And that finds her a video from cheating. She is like, no, I'm not going to listen to a three-hour video from Chidi. So that's kind of a callback to him being, being long-winded and taking too long with things. But he <laughs> starts right away with, we all have a voice in our heads, which again, I thought was really neat, a little bit of callback. And he goes on about how, how, how can you be good? And the only way to be good is, is through the bonds with other people. So she takes that to heart and flies to Australia where Chidi is and finds his office still carrying her luggage and knocks on his door and introduces herself. And you got a little call back to the, the original introduction of those two where she calls him Chidi Anna Kendrick instead of Anna Ganway. But she says, my name is Alan Strusip. <laughs> can we talk? And Michael, back in the monitoring room, says, okay, here we go. That's how we end. I liked the episode, but I have to say I've watched it a couple times now, and I think I liked the bookends of the episode. I liked the very beginning and the very end, and the stuff in the middle was just okay. But I think I like where we're going with this. Yeah, it kind of felt like the middle stuff was maybe more like a montage in a movie where we're just seeing her progress in fast time. And you have to get through it to get to the part where she has her realizations. But there's a lot of it that's just her with Brittany or her with the environmental guy or her with her old boss that just kind of gets her to the point where she needs to be. And there's Parts of that that don't really show us any more about Eleanor than we already knew. 
she and Brittany are strangely superficial about the environmental guy. They keep <laughs> calling him weirdly attractive, which I thought was off-putting a little bit. I don't know why they kept talking about that. And then I also didn't really understand why Brittany would continue yep. to be friends with Eleanor when she's acting so much different from her regular self, unless for some reason she too wanted to improve in some way, even if it was just unconsciously. You kind of have to get the gang back together, and I like that they're setting that up. Yeah, there was a there's a incomparable episode either about Game of Thrones or about a bunch of TV shows, and then it also included Game of Thrones. And one of the panelists talked about how with the early episodes, excuse me, with the early seasons of Game of Thrones, they had to get through the, the content in the books. And then when they ran out of book content, they made their sort of going ahead into more of their own content. I don't think that's too much of a spoiler about Game of Thrones, but she called it sort of the first part where we were going through the book content was eating your vegetables. And okay, now we've eaten all our vegetables. Now we get to have sort of the more fast-paced, fun stuff that's going on at the end. I felt that way with this as well, that they had to start with her dying or almost dying. And so they had to start with her in that space. But then to get her to the point where she was going to interact with our friends again took some doing and took some some effort that, yeah, was not necessarily showing too much new about her. It was another reboot. And I think we've had three reboots, right? We had the initial booting of The, the Good Place where she's just, she's just woken up and she doesn't know what's going on. And then the the reboot in the beginning of season two near the beginning of season two where they say well we're gonna learn to be good yeah the the reboot that turned into like right. 800 reboots right. but then you know at the end of that they're like oh we figured it out but now you're not gonna mm-hmm. mess with our minds anymore and then this feels like you know reboot number three and you guys were totally right last time around because i was thinking they were gonna go to like a, a different kind of purgatory and you all were like no they're gonna go back to the real world or they could go back to the real world that's totally what they're doing so that's spot on. Um, but it does really sort of feel like we're starting from square one again, and we've already done it twice, and it's a bit of a chore to do it again and to deal with it again. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually quite on board with that. I feel like this episode would have been better, and maybe it's just me, but if it were an hour long. When it stopped right at the half hour, that was uh, – it felt like the wrong time to stop. Like there was more to do this week. It- and it felt really strange as yes, the season yes. finale mm-hmm. for me. Like I feel like it almost would have been better if last week was the season finale and this was the first episode of season three. You know, I think you might be right. I think that might be where I'm having the problem too. That like if they had ended last week when we meet the judge and they don't have an advocate, that maybe that would have felt more satisfying. Well, right at the end of the last episode where Michael shows up and like, oh, now we've got the promise of Michael helping them out, but we don't know how that could have ended the season. Yeah. We still kind of have that hope and promise with Eleanor meeting Chidi at the end of this episode, but it, it didn't quite ring the same way as last episode did for me. Yeah, I kind of think part of that is because last episode we spent time with each of the characters and this one was mostly all Eleanor. Yeah, I I really missed like seeing Jason and Tahani and Chidi in most of this episode, Mm -hmm. which is why I think I liked the end and the beginning Mm -hmm. the best because it's the relationships with those characters that makes the show so good. So just focusing on Eleanor felt a little strange. Retrograde, like, yeah, regressing, yeah. When were they renewed? Were they renewed within the last like month or two? No, they were renewed back in like November okay, had, or yeah. something. They may have already had it right. filmed. I'm not sure how how they filmed this show, but it was a pretty early okay. renewal. At least we know that they have a third season. Yeah. If if the 
they didn't, and this is how they chose to end it, and we didn't know that there was a third, it would have been really, really a struggle <laughs> to have to wait and see. Well, that's the thing. If, my thinking is if they wrote this episode not knowing if they were ever going to have a third season or not, that's pretty gutsy for them to say, you know what, we're just going to stop everything and we're going to go to a completely new storyline, but we're not going to finish it and we're not going to give you a lot from your characters. We're just going to end it right here. You know, that's more experimental, I think, more uh, non-mainstream than a lot of shows I think would have would have gotten away with with the again their last episode. Although I do think I think what they were going for was again that very last thing that Michael says, you know, oh here we go. That he knows that this is the start of them potentially reaching redemption. And the promise of that is almost all in the future, figuring that out, doing the hard work. And so that's what they get to do next. And either we were going to get to see that in the third season or we just have to imagine it our own way. Which I, I think I could live with. I could I could have lived with that being the end of, of The Good Place if they didn't get renewed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'd rather get a third season with more. But it, if, if you hadn't had Michael do that that little bit at the end, I think I would have been pretty unhappy that they were, they were ending it. But again, I, I did like that. I did like that twist. Yeah, I think if we had had more time with the rest of the characters and it ended that way, I would have been okay. But if we just spent the time with Eleanor, I, still, I would have mm-hmm. been upset. I wonder... And I know we were kicking this idea around a little in this Slack, but I wonder if Eleanor really is back on Earth or if this is some sort of other state where they're just simulating it and seeing how she's progressed. I kind of think and I hope that in the third season, we really only spend a few episodes wrapping this up and then it's something Mm -hmm. totally different. I think they're actually back on Earth because when... um Jen and Michael were talking about it. She's like, well, I don't know if we can do that. That sets a strange precedent. He goes, well, it's only four people. It's not going to affect that much. And I feel like if it was a purgatory simulation type thing, it wouldn't affect anything at all. The way they were debating it was like this could have a major effect. So that makes me think that they are back on real Earth. Yep, totally agree. Maybe it will affect a lot. (laughs) Well, it could affect some things. Maybe it'll be a very bad idea that they that they went back. Well, the to butterfly Earth. effect, right? Like any any little change is going to have accumulated yeah. and, and and snowball over time. I wonder if they'll get to that. There was uh, one little thing I noticed in this episode that made me laugh um, when Eleanor was in the parking lot before she got hit by the carts. Did anybody notice what the truck behind her across the parking oh, oh, lot no. had on the side of it? No, what did it say? It was an ad for Camilla's album uh, to Honey's sister. It was like this big purple truck that said great. Camilla uh-huh. on the side of it with her like picture. And I was like, oh, of course they did that. Like, the, little, the little things. I was too busy being concerned about the margarita mix that she dropped. Uh, right. And yes. she, she forgets it, right? In the end, she doesn't bring it home, I think. Well, so what do you think of Chidi in this whatever, the real world, the simulation that he's at? His his speech is not what you might expect from cheating. But when she comes into the office, he was acting very <laughs> cheaty like. <laughs> well, she said, "You're the guy from the video." And he goes, "Yes, from the and like gives the whole name of the lecture series." Well, yes, like <laughs> he's very precise and cheaty like. But that lecture he was giving was more decisive than I would have guessed yeah, cheaty to be. He's definitely got confidence that he didn't necessarily have plus 
it seems like he has possibly learned some of the lessons mm-hmm. already that, that he needed to learn, although we don't really have his ticker in front of us, <laughs> so we don't know how far off he is from right. the mark. Well, I do wonder, because by the time Eleanor sees his lecture, it's been a year, right? And, and they say that a couple of times. You have six months being bad, you get six months being good, and then six months being, being bad. So he's had a year to have his own journey during all this time, just as the other characters have had a year to have their mm-hmm. journey. I will, you know, I, I think you're, you're right in that he, I think it would be nice if they kind of wrapped this up relatively early in the next season, the way they wrapped up the whole, all those, those reboots that Michael was trying to do and kind of finally settle down in a new challenge for them a couple of episodes in. I'd like that to do that here too, but I'd also like to see that moment in each of their lives when maybe they need that similar push from Michael to kind of get on the better path. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be neat to sort of see each character have a little bit of time doing that. Although then I want that push for Jason to come from Janet. That'd be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. the push for Chidi will come from Eleanor now that they're together. Yeah, if, if he needs it. Mm-hmm. I have to say it, it, made, it made me kind of sad that Chidi realized his feelings for Eleanor again right before they <laughs> right. get rebooted. Because it's kind of like the third time that that's yeah. happened. Like they get to a point where they're like comfortable together and talking about it and then they get rebooted. And it just makes me kind of sad. Right. Yeah, I, I really do hope that there will come a point where they've succeeded or they've gotten to where they're in a better place. They're not going to go to the bad place. And Michael or Jen or whoever does let them have sort of all the memories of all of the things that they've experienced from before. Because it would be too bad if they kind of lost all of that for one reason or another. Yeah, especially this last reboot where it's been, I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a while and a lot of growth in this second reboot. Wherever Jason is, I hope they keep him away from explosives. (laughs) I don't know how he didn't die 400 times before he actually did. I don't know how they're going to keep him alive. I really want to know how they <laughs> save right, him right. from that safe because that that's a that's a hard death to prevent. Yeah. Everybody else, you can do a little finagling and push him out of the way of falling things, or right, kind of prevent that. But preventing Jason from <laughs> suffocating in that safe would be a little difficult. Well, I mean, they have to open the <laughs> safe, right? Somebody has to open the safe, but it won't be. It will need to be a little bit more of a, a direct intervention, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I, it would be funny if someone actually cut into the safe somehow. I don't know. But opening it is, is more simple, so I think they'll probably just do that. But we'll, we'll see. Janet will be able to do uh, it with Janet true. Magic. <laughs> true. Maybe, maybe that'll happen. Um, although the interventions so far have all not involved anything other than regular people actions. I will be curious if they, if they have to break that rule at some point. Because Jen said there are going to be strict rules about this. We don't know what they are but they're going to be strict rules. So one of the things I was thinking when we were going through that whole thing with Eleanor having trouble dealing with the fact that she wasn't always going to have fun being a good person was something that I read a whole long time ago. And I think it's kind of interesting to talk about in in terms of of the show because it's it's similar, but it's different. It's a book called The Screwtape Letters. Have you guys heard of of that book? Ah, yes. I've I've read that book before. So it's by C.S. Lewis and he's better known as the sort of Chronicles of Narnia, I believe, uh, author. So and this is written a while ago. It was written during World War II. But it's a series of letters from a senior demon whose name is Screwtape to his nephew, although I don't know how demons have nephews, named Wormwood. And it's letters giving Wormwood advice 
on how to be a better tempter of human beings. Because in this sort of world that C.S. Lewis is talking about, demons are not just people who torment people at the end of their life, after, after their lives are over, over, but are tasked with trying to turn people into bad people during their lifetimes. So similar, but not quite the same. And one of the, there's a lot of things that are in the book, and it's very funny. And actually, the one of the versions that I experienced was an audiobook by John Cleese. It was, it was really good. Ooh, you should try to see good. that if you can, or listen to that if you can. But one of the things he mentions is the idea that human beings only sort of think in terms of morality, but they also have these bodies, and these bodies experience things not as a straight line, but as a wave, as peaks and troughs. And so you will never experience sort of happiness continuously. You will never experience sadness and 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 uh, being down continuously. It's always going from one to the other. And one of the ways that the demons tried to, to tempt people was by saying, hey, you're feeling sad now. The, the, the euphoria you felt by being good for the first time didn't last. Therefore, you're never going to feel good again. Whereas what people happen to people is that, you know, you feel good, you feel bad, you feel good. And I really thought of that with Eleanor, that Eleanor at first had this euphoria and all these things seemed to be going right for her when she was doing good. And she, no one had kind of told her, well, yeah, you're going to go through some cycles now. Things are going to go bad for a while. Things might go good again after that. And you have to hold to your beliefs through thick and thin rather than just through through the good times. I thought that was a pretty interesting thing. And, and you know, yeah, like she, she gave up first. Well, not the first, not at the first sign of trouble, but after a couple of things piled up on her, she gave up. But I also, and, and so two, two big notes here, and then I'll, I'll stop monopolizing the conversation. But the other thing I think was that at the end of season one, they kind of added an explicit antagonist to the show. Instead of it just being a bunch of people trying to do better, it was now a bunch of people trying to do better while they're being opposed by, you know, all these, all these demon characters. And it feels to a degree like season two has been gradually figuring out a way to sort of divest our characters of that antagonist. You know, Vicky was around for a while and then Vicky gets sort of neutralized by Michael. And so by the time they get to the end here, they're back to a place where they want to keep trying to be good again, another reboot, sort of, sort of. But now they don't really have any enemies to fight or to be worried about. Now it's just really about them doing what they need to do. And I actually like that better. I like, even though, again, I'm kind of with you in terms of not necessarily wanting a whole other reboot, wanting to spend a whole lot of time going through the same sorts of things again. But I do kind of like that that now it's it's just them again. That that makes sense? Yeah, the only thing that's antagonizing them is their need to be better and do better. And that's enough. It really is. So. It's going to be a big challenge. But, you know, Jen isn't really, she's not necessarily on their side, but she's not an antagonist. She's not trying to hurt them. She's just overseeing the test. No, she thinks they're really entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, which they are. I hope we get like at least a half episode yep. mm-hmm. on each of our main characters in the beginning of their reboot and how they react to being rebooted. I hope they don't just like skip over how Chidi reacted or all of that. That would be interesting to see everyone's Hmm. journey. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that trying to compare it to season one and how shocking that twist was isn't really fair. I think that the people who've stuck with it are, you know, fans of the show. They like the show. So hopefully this isn't too much of expectation, you know, thinking, okay, well, this is going to be another complete game changer. 
it is and it isn't. It's not right. mm-hmm. shocking in that way, but it's it's you know it's moving the story forward. Definitely, definitely. That, that I think that makes sense. Th- this whole season, and and we're we're kind of hoping to put together a, a, a retrospective of the whole season with, with everybody on it. But uh, this whole season has has really kind of thrown me for a bit of a of a loop. Uh, I did think it got a little bogged down in the middle with some of the uh, the episodes before kind of things really changed and the good place went away. I think it might have gotten a little slow during that period, but then it got kind of really fast and lots of things changed and now we're kind of back to being a little, maybe a little slower again and, and going through things again. But it, I, I was not expecting any of those particular twists and turns that they had, so I've liked that aspect of it, but I would tend to agree that it feels a little weird now. You know, I'm still on board. I think y'all, even with the 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 issues that you have with this episode have kind of said again on our, on our Slack that you're, you're on board for the, for the next season. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, you know, the show's earned our trust at this point. It's going to be good no matter what they come up with. Uh, and they're just going to have to keep reinventing until they end the way they want to end. It's going to be on their terms. So I, I think I said in the Slack earlier, the only way I could see myself not watching the show, if it goes really off the rails and they changed the cast mm. is like the only way I could see that happening because that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't <laughs> see that, that happening. Well, I do wonder how many more big reboots they can do. Like, I'm not sure I want this show to go like six seasons. I think maybe next season and maybe one more mm. might be, you know, as far as you can, you can push sort of continuing to put them all into a new situation where they have to start over again. I don't want to do that five times. But maybe, you know, this next time, and, and I don't know. It'll depend on what they do, of course. I also happened to just see Kristen Bell posted an Instagram photo. She said, season finale, or series finale of The Good Place, hopefully in five years. And it's her on the beach at a resort <laughs> with her family. And she said, this is The Good Place, is what her <laughs> Instagram uh, caption read. And it kind of made me chuckle sure. a little bit. <laughs> Well, that's true. Like, is this the rest of their lives? Then obviously they're not going to have a show which has, you know, 50 more seasons to, to show the rest of their lives. But in theory, this this test could be the whole rest of their lives, living a good long time. And if so, I, I don't get the sense that that's what they're going to do, but they could. Well, and wouldn't they necessarily have to die again at some point? Do we watch them die yeah. in some other way? I mean, you know, they yeah, they could die in their beds at, yeah, you know, and like- at 100, and that wouldn't necessarily be, you know, too sad it wouldn't be a tragedy just normal life but but yeah and i like my question then is like if they do continue to live out this test life like do michael and janet ever appear how does that work with them because i'd be sad to lose them as characters do they just sit in a room and watch for years and years well certainly from a from a story perspective from a show perspective they're gonna have to do something with those characters right so if they do keep our human characters living their lives for a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. they'll have to find some way of having, you know, they have to intervene or they have to be involved somehow or they have to have other adventures. So that'll be interesting to see what they do with that as well. All right, so there are a couple of little bits that were fun. Um, again, I think we mentioned the hot diggity dog bit. Eleanor says after kissing Chidi, and she says, oh, that's, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, that'll always... And then Michael says it too. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah, that was, that was yeah. good. I, yeah, they, they just have such a great little relationship, I think. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah, watching Michael interact with Eleanor oh, in that bar yeah. was just fantastic. I, that was the best that. part of the whole episode. <laughs> the way that Michael is now able to connect with Eleanor in that even, even when she doesn't, when know, she doesn't right. know she mm-hmm. knows him 
And that shows how much Michael has right? changed mm-hmm. over this second season. I feel like the second season's arc is Michael's growth mm-hmm. more so than the four characters from Earth going to the bad place. Like They grew a little bit over the second season, but Michael was really the one that changed because he didn't we didn't have any kind of growth or development of yeah. Michael in the first season because we didn't mm-hmm. know who he was. When Tahani said, you know, it's it's thanks to you, Eleanor, that I'm a better person. And I think Michael has said it in the past as well. But, you know, that really is on Eleanor because she was the one who forced him to take the lessons in philosophy with the rest of the people that got him to start changing and thinking thinking about being a good person. I don't think there was any hint that he wanted to be either a good person or a human-like person, demon person, before any of that happened. So there was another bit from Jen where she says, slow your roll there, Aaron Brockovich. So I guess she's seen Aaron Brockovich, right? There were a couple things. There was another one that she mentioned as well, that she had seen something. And I was like, yeah, she's dropping all kinds of hints about, about, you know, media that she's consumed while waiting for for cases. Yeah, I think last episode she talked about Bloodline and maybe mm-hmm. Friday Night Lights. Oh, the one last thing about Michael that um, Jen was talking about how with the humans, they were doing good things because they knew that they would be rewarded or punished for doing these good things. And then that shows that they're not actually doing it for the right moral reasons. And so they have to try again without knowing those things. But Michael doesn't get that chance to do good things without knowing whether it will do him harm or good. Because he even says to Jen at one point, oh yeah, if this fails, then I'm going to be punished as well. So I'm actually curious whether they will tug at that thread again in the third season and maybe give him one episode where he is memory-wiped and is like in a, in a life that he would otherwise be in as a human, and then he gets to sort of grow that way as well. Just so, so he doesn't, when, when we do sort yeah. of get to the point where everyone can get rewarded, he gets rewarded uh, according to the same criteria as everyone else because right now he's not and they made cheaty uh, they cheaty said at one point you know i'm if i do this wrong if i do this right i'm, I'm going to the good place or going to the bad place and I, I i do kind of pat myself on the back i got the whole going back to earth completely wrong but i did get right this idea that they would come back to the idea that y- you need to do things right for the for selfless reasons not for selfish reasons and they totally came back to that and so i i do i don't think they're gonna forget that in the third season, I think they'll come back to it somehow. Oh, and then Tahani said, "We're, you know, I'm good because we're mates, or we're mates now, or something." She she says, "Well, yeah, that, that's just friends in in you know Britain." But I do think that, I do think <laughs> that's actually a little sly callback to to Eleanor and Tahani maybe getting together in one of their lives, which uh, I think would be a very interesting thing to see. I'm sure when we do our season wrap up, we'll have I'll have yeah. uh, more season long <laughs> thoughts. But as it stands, you know, I'm always looking forward to more and it's going to be a while till we get more episodes. So, yep. But yeah, so, so it's great to, to sort of have all of these podcast episodes with, with everybody and, uh, and with Javier and we will have some more pretty soon for a recap and maybe an end of the season recap and, and maybe some, some episodes for the rest of the season that we haven't done yet. And even maybe season one, who knows? We'll, we'll figure something out to thank my guests or my co-hosts so thank you rachel thanks everyone have a good night and thanks sarah thank you talk to you soon yep and we'll see you soon bye